Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at Straight Out the Den. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out the Den podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Uh, based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So, hey, you know, um, just for being a listener to this podcast, what we're going to do is go ahead and give you a free trial. Um, all you got to do is just go to lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d um that'll also be in the show notes but if you go there you're going to get a free trial and that free trial is two free mp3s um of your master so go and give it a try check it out uh let me know what, what you think and uh, you can always tweet me at uh straight out the den and let me know but uh this week you guys um that paid attention and listened last week know that we covered um choosing a manager so um i told you then that it was going to be a uh that was part one of three um of the conversation so uh we kind of kicked things off with uh the choosing of the right manager and just really gave a description of what a manager is and you know why you need a manager and and, um, also how you can go by obtaining a manager and um you know uh when you need a manager we asked those tough questions and but but this week uh, we're going to focus on self-management. Um, now, like I said last week, you know, you, you want to get to a point to where um, when you need to, to seek out there a manager would be, you know, really at that point when you just absolutely can't do anything on your own. Um, and, and of course, when when I post that out there, a couple of people did ask, well, you know, how am I supposed to do all this stuff on my own um, and be creative at the same time? So uh, hopefully by the end of this week's podcast, uh, you will have a better understanding um, of, of, you know, how to make that happen. Um, now, we are joined by a special guest, um, artists out of Arizona uh, by the name of Gospel Lee and um, he gave a great account of you know how he's able to to be self-managed and and be productive at the same time and um, and, you know before we get into that portion of the podcast I wanted to make sure that I you know went over a few things uh, with you guys today so um, like I said we're going to talk about self-management and it's really two main components of um that that i feel will really help you be more efficient and um being you know self-managed and and the 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 main thing is uh above everything and it's really almost synonymous um self-management is uh number one time management um it's very hard to manage anything if you if you don't know how to manage time. Um, you, you know, as an artist, that you're you're probably out there. Even as a producer, you're out there. You're you're doing the work. You're you're creating, and you're making beautiful music, and that's great. And now you're at that point where you're trying to really get that beautiful music, you know, out to the people. And one of the hardest things to do is to really manage your time because you you either want to be in the studio. Or you want to be out with the people experiencing the music with them. And so it's all about trying to find some type of balance between those two uh, worlds and and, and really, you know, get things how you want it. So um, first off, with time management, you know, the first thing that I can say moving forward is you have to eliminate your distractions. Um, Now distractions there are so many different distractions especially now in the world of social media um I, i've you know i'm fell victim to it myself i can literally find myself on instagram or you know twitter or facebook for about you know 30 minutes would go by 
and I don't even realize it. And, and I know 30 minutes may not seem like a lot, but just think about it in terms of if you're an artist in 30 minutes, you should be able to, you know, maybe write a verse or you may be able to record that verse. Or, you know, as if you're a producer, you're able to, you know, make a beat or, or you know, dig through some samples and listen to 30 minutes of music to find, you know, a good sample if you if, if that's the type of production that you do. So, you know, just think about that, man. So th the first thing above everything is to eliminate distractions. And, you know, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. Um, for me, what I found was most um, helpful was, you know, I limited TV. Um, now, I I've never been a huge television guy, but, you know, there are certain shows that I like to watch. You know, Netflix is, is, a, is a huge fan of mine, um, or I actually I'm a huge fan of Netflix. And so I'm always on there trying to find, you know, a show that I may haven't seen or trying to catch up on shows that somebody else has told me about. And, um, you know, you, you next thing you know, if you go to binge watch on one of those things, you've wasted about three hours of your time. And you didn't even, you know, notice it because your, your, your mind is entertained and is blocked. So that, you know, the first thing with that time management, eliminating distractions, I would say just try to limit TV. Now, you know, you could go cold turkey, but I'm also being realistic in, in these uh, these goals and, and, and ideas to kind of help you guys become better um, in self-management. So limit your time. So if you're somebody that watches, say... Uh, uh, you know, I'll give a regular or about three hours a day on television. So instead of doing three hours a day, maybe cut it, cut it in half, maybe do an hour and a half um, of, of television a day. That way, you now you have another hour and a half to really uh, focus on on better managing your time um, so you can be a better manager of yourself. Uh, so that's what I'll say. Limit TV. The other things you can do is limit video games. If you're a gamer, um, I'm not a big gamer like that. So this is not a problem for me. But, you know, I know a lot of people love video games you know um I, I rarely play when i do play i'm playing with one of my nephews or my brother um and we're playing you know madden or some you know uh 2k some type of sports game and, and so but you you know um my nephews they play a lot of games so they'll they'll you know be in their room for hours playing games and, and it's like you know next thing you know um daytime is turning to night and you don't even realize you've been in your in your room and you're playing these games so that's something you know just to think about kind of eliminate some of those distractions um also going out um now i know sometimes especially as an artist sometimes you have to go out and 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 see things and experience the people I get that. I understand that completely. You know, um, you, as a creative, you, you have to be around things to be creative at times. So I understand that. But it's all about limiting that time and knowing are you are you going out just to go out or are you going out with a purpose? So if you're you, if you're just going, if you're somebody that has to go to a club, you know, twice a week, maybe limit that to only going out once a week. And those other three hours that you would have been out at the club three or four hours, then maybe, you know, use that time. Um, to do something else, you know, one thing that, that I'm, I'm very big on is, and I can't remember who said it, it may have been Diddy or, or somebody else, but you know, they, they have the same 24 hours as we do, you know, and, and you look at that and, and you think about, you know, it, we always look up to like people like Diddy or Jay-Z or Oprah. Um, you know, we, we look up to these people and say like, man, they really made it. They really, you know, did well for themselves, you know, they're, they're multimillionaires and some of them are closing in on a billion, you know, Dr. Dre and all that. And we think about that and, and we say like, man, I want to be in their position. But if you really, really think about it, they had the exact same amount of time as you, the same 24 hours in a day. So, you know, think about it like that. You know, you, you got to really position the whole pie. So if you, if you look at 
you know, time in a day like like a like a pie. Uh, you, you have 24 hours. So if, if you want to think about it like that, how do you divide up that those 24 hours? Now, you know, for most people, most people are getting, you know, anywhere between, um, I, I was, you know, five and eight hours of sleep a night. I, I think that's a, you know, a, a very um, average number of hours for people to get to sleep tonight. So if, if you're somebody that's right there in the middle, you're getting maybe, you know, six and a half um, hours of sleep a night or even seven. That that leaves you with about 18 hours, you know, uh, of work time to do something. Now, you, you may be somebody that has um, a nine to five, like most, you know, um, indie artists, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta have something to supply, um, you know, means for that dream. So if you, if you're somebody that's working a traditional nine to five, or if you know, you're working eight or nine hours a day, well, there you go. So you, you have your, your nine hours a day that you're working at that job and you have, you know, your six hours or seven hours of sleep, six hours. So you're, you're looking at right there about 15 to 16 hours. So now that leaves you with about eight hours, um, you know, to really be creative and get everything done. So it, that really brings me to my next point is scheduling. Right. So the the biggest part of, of time management is actually putting yourself on a schedule. Now, I, I know it can be some somewhat boring at times to, to really put, you know, things in perspective. You have to write everything down and try to figure out, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Uh, me, myself, personally, I'm a huge fan of uh, my, my calendar. Uh, I use Gmail often. Uh, my Google Calendar, I use it all the time. And, and it's really helpful for me. I'm always sending myself reminders and, and you know, things of that nature and no matter what, if I have an appointment of any kind, if it's, um, you know, if I'm if it's I'm scheduling a phone call, I'm putting it in my phone. And, and really, the reason why I have to do that is because I, I have very short term um, memory. Uh, my short term, excuse me, my short term memory is not good at all. And so I, I tend to forget, you know, if it's something that of importance, I put it in my phone and I make sure that I set a reminder um, for that calendar. So if, if it's something that's coming up on the schedule and I have to do it at six o'clock. Well, I might put a, a calendar to alert me at five that I have something coming up at six. You know, uh, you, you got to do what you got to do. But but calendars are so important because it, it kind of puts things in perspective and you can physically see, you know, what you have going on. And you can kind of um, learn how to react um, in the right way with your calendar. So. Like I said before, in that example that we were using, you know, if you're working a nine to five and you're getting, you know, between six, six and a half, seven hours of sleep, you know, it really leaves you with about eight hours to really get everything done. So if you're an artist um, and you have eight hours and, and say you're somebody that, hey, man, I, I, I like to record. I'm recording every day. That's fine. So what you got to do is is figure out, well, how much how much time do I need to record? You know, how much time do I need to be creative? So if, you, if you're setting a schedule out and say, like, let's let's, you know, three hours, you know, three hours of recording every day, uh, three hours of writing uh, of something of working on your craft every day. So if, if you put down those three hours, that leaves you with about five hours. So maybe. If you get up an hour earlier and, you know, use those five hours, now you got to break down what am I doing with those five hours? Am I, you know, scheduling time out to send out emails to fans or, you know, blasting emails to potential uh, customers or um, blasting emails to bloggers? What am I doing with that? So, you know, maybe spend I'm, I'm going to spend an hour sending emails and then that that leaves you with about four hours. And then, well, maybe I'm going to spend 30 minutes on 
you know, doing research every day. I want to do research to get better at things. So, you know, you're on the Internet doing research for 30 minutes and maybe you want to do 30 minutes of social media, you know, and, and effective social media, not just having fun social media, but really, you know, being strategic and how you're creating um, your brand and moving and trying to engage with, with your audience. So maybe you want to do that for 30 minutes and now you're at, you know, about three hours left. So now you're figuring out what do I do with those three hours? You know, what's important for me with those three hours? You know, of course, you got to eat and you got to schedule that time out. I'm not telling anybody to skip a meal like uh, and I'm really not telling anybody to lose sleep. I, I know sleep is is um, very important. And it's one thing that I'm still learning how to do um, well. Uh, my wife gets on me all the time about not sleeping enough um, and I'm trying to get better by about doing that and being more effective um, because, you know, the truth of the matter is your your health is um, the most important currency that you'll have um, outside of, you know, money. And if you don't have your health, you won't be able to do what you love. So, you know, you, you got to think about all that stuff, that no sleep gang and all of that. Don't get caught up in that. You know, um, that's that's not reality. Yeah, you can have no sleep, but, you know. If something happens to you, then, you know, what's the point? You know, you, you cut your career short by by 15 years because you wanted to stay up 24 hours a day for, you know, 30 days. Um, and, and that's just not realistic, you know. So um, but you, you got to schedule everything out. You know what I mean? I, I think that's the point that I really want to drill home for you guys. Like scheduling is so important. It's one of those things that you can't you can't get around, you know, if you're, if you're not scheduling, then you will not be a great self-manager. You know, you, you won't do well at time management. You have to schedule everything out to the T, you know, figure account for, there's a principle, um, that I, that I learned for, um, trying to get out of debt, right? Uh, it's, it's, I did this thing on uh, Financial Peace University uh, with Dave Ramsey. And this is not an ad for Dave Ramsey, but I wanted to show you, like, to kind of compare um, that just for finance is what really helps out with time. So with this thing um, that Dave Ramsey has, it, it's all about, um, you know, budgeting to zero, right? So you, you're literally looking at the amount of money that you have in and then um, you're figuring out like so every month, if you're somebody to say you're making, you know, two two thousand dollars a month, whatever. Um, so that two thousand dollars need to be accounted for every month. So that means you you need to be looking at how much money you have in bills that you need to have paid for, how much money you have in, you know, entertainment going out, um, how much money you're going to spend on gas, groceries. All of that. And, and, and basically what, what he wants you to do is like if you have two thousand dollars, then at the end of you doing your balance budget, your balance should be zero, meaning that every dollar should be accounted for. Every dollar should be going into something, meaning that if you're in debt, then there is no such thing as having three hundred dollars left over at the end of the month. That means that three hundred dollars should be going somewhere to pay off some type of debt, you know, um, so. That's my financial piece uh, <laughs> advertisement uh, for this portion of the podcast. But, you know, I wanted to give you that example to kind of look at it and contrast it with um, using your time. If you have 24 hours in a day, every hour should be accounted for. There should be no, you know, two hour gap of your time and you don't have anything to show for it. You know, if you're just sitting down and lounging and and by all means, I'm not telling you to be at the point where you don't have 
you know, um, a life. You can definitely have a life, but you know, you just make sure that stuff is scheduled. You know, if, if you're, if you're doing something where, you, you know, you're going to be gone for this weekend and you're, you're spending time with family or you hanging with your, your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend or whatever the case may be, um, that time should be scheduled out. You should know if we're spending six hours together here, then that leaves me with 18 hours. If I'm going to get eight hours of sleep, then I have 10 hours left to get something else done. And you need to schedule that stuff out and really know, you know, the direction that you're going. And, and I guarantee if you truly schedule out your time, you'll start with the first thing you'll start to notice is that, oh, man, I was really wasting a lot of time in a certain area. And, and, and above that, you'll start realizing like, oh, I do have time to do this. You know, I do have time to go to the mall and, and you know, look around for different merch ideas. I do have time to go out and, you know, find different venues. I do have time to go out and network. I do have time to write this verse now. I do have time, you know, to make this beat. Once you start accounting for your time, you see that, man, the doors really open up for things that you have going on. So, you know, just keep that in mind. The other thing that I want to do with uh, scheduling um, up under time management is just really making a to-do list. Um, one thing that really helps me out is in the morning when I get up and, and, you know, I've done my reading and whatnot, I'll look at my calendar and I'll see what do I have on my list to do today? Um, so when you wake up like that with that mindset and you see like, oh, I have one, two, three, I have five things that that's on my calendar, you know, now you need to prioritize those things, figure out, you know, what should be done first, uh, what, what is, you know, the least priority, um, what needs my attention right now, you know, you figure out all those things and, and once you you're able to prioritize your to-do list, then, you know, you're, you're able to be more effective with your scheduling. So, um, for an example, say like today, my, my calendar for today, I'll, I'll literally look it up real quick and I'm going to give you exactly what it, what I had on my calendar for today. So what I have here is on Tuesday, I had, uh, record podcasts is what, what I'm doing now. Um, I have gym, I have haircut, I have um, do name who sampled, right? So those are just a few things that are on my list just for today. Um, so I know that um, for me to be more effective with everything that I have going on, if I say, for example, I do name who sampled at nine o'clock on Tuesday nights on, on my Instagram, right? So I could either wait until about 8.45 and try to get these records together and then start to post stuff on Instagram or I can say, hold on, let me go through my records now. You know, it's six o'clock. Let me go through my records now and, and organize and figure out what samples I want to use for tonight. Set those to the side. And now I can I can focus on doing what else, whatever else I need to do. OK, so now it's, you know, it's 630. OK, so if I plan to record my podcast at 630, then how about, you know, maybe early in the day I can prep and, and do the preparation and, and look and find, you know, everything I need to talk about this podcast as opposed to actually sitting down at 630 and trying to scramble and do the research for it and try to record everything at the same time. If I'm doing it that way, then it's kind of like um, I'm rambling, I'm, I'm scrambled. You know, I, I don't really know where I want to be or what's going on. You know, it's, it's all of those things. You know, of course, some stuff is penciled in and or pinned in and you have to do it at that certain time. That's fine. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not um, running you away from that. But what I want you to do is get in the mindset of, of having that to do list together and and figuring out prioritizing what's more important for that day if all of these things need to get done that's fine but what's more important 
on the list right now and let me attack that you know the priority um, first and then move my way down the chain and, and once you get into that mindset um, you'll really start to see some progression in everything like I said before you find that time that you need to really be a great self-manager um, and, and all of those things really help with just organization period um, now I, I wrote organization down um, as a, a third point up under um, scheduling and the reason why is because not just looking at putting stuff in a calendar or making a to-do list, but when you think about being organized, it's all about, look at your desk. Is your desk, you know, full of everything? You know, if I was to ask you to look for something, would you be able to get to it immediately? You know, nine times out of 10, if you can't get to something immediately, then there is going to be chaotic and you're not going to be able to work effectively. Now, just to, to use a real life example for me, right? We can go back to the name who sampled. Um, for the I, I don't even know how long I've been doing this for maybe for about, you know, a year, a year or so now doing the name who sampled on Instagram. Um, I never had my records organized. So I would literally go through the bins and kind of just figure out what do I want to do? I'm, you know, I'm just looking through records, blah, 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 trying to figure it out. And, you know, never had anything organized. So, you know, I, it used to take me a long time to try to figure out what samples I wanted to bring across the table. It almost got to the point where I would literally go shopping just for the name who samples so I can know that I have something that I don't have to go through my archives of records and try to figure out something and find it. So, the day that I actually went out and organized my records and put everything in alphabetical order, I was that much more effective the next time around when I did the name who sample series. I was like, oh, I want to do a Stevie Wonder record. Well, OK, well, here's the S. Let me go here and look at these Stevie Wonder records and figure out which one would work well on, um, you know, name who sample tonight. Or, oh, man, I have some Isley Brothers stuff. Well, let me look at this Isley Brother um, section and, and figure out, OK. Does this work? I have outcasts, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's like, you know, being more organized and, um, you know, not just on a scheduling surface, but around you really helps clear the mind. You know, if your mind is clouded, it's kind of hard to think. And if it's hard to think, it's hard for you to do anything outside of just being creative. So, you know, those are just a couple of things with, with the time management, which to me, it's synonymous with self-management. If, if you're managing your time well, then you'll be a great uh, self-manager. Um, so, you know, just to recap, you know, you got to eliminate those distractions, you know, get rid of, um, you know, the TV and, and the video games and, and, you know, all of those things. Like it's you can find those times if you get rid of those distractions, um, you know, scheduling, make sure you have a calendar in place, make sure you, you know, you're putting things down, account for every 20, account for all 24 hours of the day, you know, get a to-do list and, and, you know, make sure that you organize things around you. Um, now for, for the last, um, thing, like I said, I was only going to go over two things, time management. And, and the last thing that I think that'll really be helpful for you being a self-manager is uh, to actually get a mentor. Um, now, a mentor is simply somebody that is, you see doing exactly what you want to do or, you know, something close to, and they're actually successful at doing it. If you find that person, and that can be somebody older than you, it can be somebody younger than you, you know, male or female, that doesn't matter. It's more so about um, who will, you know, can, can help you out. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is, what you'll be surprised is that there are so many people out there that's doing exactly what you're doing, um, that you want to do or get it to that level that you want to get at that are willing to help. Um, if somebody's passionate about what they do, 
they love for people to ask them questions. Um, the truth is most people just don't ask questions for whatever reason. It could be pride that, you know, they maybe don't want to humble themselves or maybe they don't want to position themselves to be Lord and somebody else and, and feel that, um, if I, if I go and ask this person for help, they're going to know that I'm not in this position that I'm portraying, you know, especially on social media nowadays, everybody, I swear Instagram will make you think that you're not doing anything. You know, everybody's, um, doing something. So, you know, and that's the thing. You can ask those questions, man, but you, you got to go out and get a mentor. So that mentor can be, you know, somebody that you can physically talk to and sit down with, um, you know, share a meal, um, take them out to dinner and pick their brain and ask questions and and just, um, you know, get get as much involvement as you possibly can. And, and you know, really ask those tough questions like, man, this is where I want to be and things are not working. You know, what what did you do during that time period in your life to kind of help, you know, get you over the hump? And, you know, ask ask real questions and, and be honest about where you are, you know, at the time. Um, you got to soak up the game, man. Like, you know, if they're going to sit down and take time out of their day to give you some information, I mean, you got to really sit there and be a sponge and get as much information as you possibly can. And, and once again, don't be afraid to ask tough questions, you know, um, ask those personal questions like, man, hey, um, you know, I see that you're, you're somebody that's married and, and you're successful at what you do. You know, how was that? you know, on, on your marriage when you were going toward your success? Was there things that, you know, I can be, I can look out for somebody that's in the same position? You, you got to ask those questions. And, and if you do the things the right way and you come off as genuine, then you'll get genuine answers from people. Um, you know, now say you're in a position where, you, you know, you have a mentor that's, um, you can't really, you know, you can't really talk to, or you, you don't have access, you know, you know something that's okay for me. When I first got into podcasting, the, the person that really inspired podcasting um, for me was uh, I was listening to um, Peter Rosenberg and Cypher Sound um, of, of Hot 97 was well, Cypher is formerly of Hot 97. But I was listening to their Wine Epstein podcast and, you know, just looking at the things that they were doing, I was really inspired about, man, I, you know, I'm having these same type of conversations here with artists that's coming to the studio. Maybe I should do my own podcast, you know, and do something for the underground and, and really, you know, help out indie artists. And, and so that's what I did. I, you know, so I, I looked closely at what they were doing. You know, I figured out, you know, the format and then Comeback Jack came along and I really started, you know, studying him and, and him asking, you know, those tough questions and just trying to figure out, you know, um, where can I fit in in this whole thing? You know, uh, those are people that I don't physically have contact information on. I mean, yeah, we're, we're might be following each other on social media and yeah, we may be able to, you know, DM each other or, you know, maybe able to like tweet them and ask them a question like that's fine. But the truth be told, I don't have that true personal connection with them to where I can pick up the phone and call them and ask them a question. And you know what? That's fine. I, what I do have is their body of work and I can look at their body of work and really follow along and kind of pick the things that they're doing and, and say like, hmm, maybe this may work for me. Or, you know, you can pick and choose those things. So if it don't work for you, if it's not something that you're comfortable with, by all means, don't do it, you know, but I can look at the things that they're doing and, and kind of help me, you know, guide myself along a career, you know, with formatting and all of that. When I first started straightoutthedent.com, I had no clue about blogging, never wrote anything, you know, um, 
from from a blogging perspective um you know never wrote for any hip-hop sites or anything like that i didn't i didn't really know anything about blogging so what i did before i i launched my site i did the research i looked at sites that i was you know that i liked looking at you know and at the time you know i was looking at um of course now right i was looking at complex i was looking at two dope boys i was looking at um exclusive zone um i was looking at all of these sites and what I did was like, I really took the time out to like study. Well, like, hmm, how do they write? You know, um, you know, even formatting of sites. I looked at all of this stuff. And, and you know, some people can look at it and think like, oh, you, man, you're jacking what they're doing. It's like, you know what? If I don't know something, I'm either going to ask or I'm going to watch like a hawk and try to figure out it for myself. And, you know, what I did was I really studied everything that these guys were doing. And, you know, it's like, hey, man, they've been in the game way longer than me. So, they probably already made a bunch of mistakes so I can look at them and maybe avoid some of those mistakes early on and try to, you know, further myself, you know, along in my career. And it's like, why not? Why not humble yourself and, and look up to somebody else that's already in a better position than you and, and, and work, you know, alongside them and try to figure out what they're doing? You know, I, I mean, there's so many tricks of the trade that you can do um, just to figure out some things. But what it really honestly comes down to is just really humbling yourself and either picking up the phone or, you know, typing a few keys on on on, on the um, computer and, and just really, you know, asking for help. You know, put that question out there and say, like, hey, man, I love what you guys got going on. I would love to, you know, get some more guidance on this. You know, could you help me out? And, and honestly, at the end of the day, the only thing that they can do is say yes or no. That's it. You know, that's not going to a yes or no. It's not going to hurt you. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's really just going to put things in perspective for you. Either they can help you or they can't. And I guarantee that that ratio of the people that can help you is going to be way higher than the ones that can't help you. You know, um, I'm I'm almost willing to put out there that 75 percent of the people that you ask for help um, from a mentoring standpoint, they will be able to help you. All you got to do is just ask those questions. People are sitting back waiting um, to talk because for the most part. People that are doing these things, they don't have anybody to really talk to. I'm going to let you in on this. They don't have anybody that they can really talk to passionately about what they're doing so they can't wait to you um ask them a question so they can go on and on about it and, and really try to give you as much guidance as they possibly can so you know with that being said just ask those questions man i can't stress that enough you you gotta ask and, and i guarantee that if you ask 10 people you're gonna have at least two to three of them that's willing to you know really take you on and, um, you know, answer any question that you may have for them. You know, just be genuine with, with asking your questions. Don't um, try to get too evasive. And, you know, you, you can ask those questions, but, you know, just make sure that you're doing it from a sincere place, you know. Um, but I think that's it. I think we, we definitely want to get into the um, the interview um, with Gospel Lee because he covered a lot of the things that we're talking about. And he has some very personal accounts that, you know, you guys can really um, get from an artist perspective. That sounds better than just coming from from me. You know, you're, you're actually going to get it from an artist that's dealing with the same things that you're dealing with or in the same position that you're in. And he's actually making, you know, things successful and, and making things happen for himself out in, in Arizona. So um, what we're going to do is... Um, 
I don't think we, we didn't have any questions um, today, but if you guys do have any questions, hey, feel free to email me at podcast at straight out the den. That's S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, email me those questions out. And, you know, trust me, if, if you have a question, just like we said before, I will answer it um, here on the podcast. And you never know, it may end up becoming a, a full podcast um, if it's something that I feel that a lot of people may want to hear answers for. So um, like like I said earlier in, in the top of the podcast, man, like this uh, podcast is brought to you by the good folks of Red Lander. Um, and, and yes, they are um, the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service. And, you know, what that means is 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 basically um, you have your master, your mix, excuse me, have your mix and you literally drag it um, into their interface um, and it'll go through the process. And, and in about two to three minutes, uh, you know, depending on your Internet speed, um, and, you know, you'll have your full mastered version sitting there in your email and you can literally download it and, you know, you'll you'll be ready to go. There's three different intensity levels. You can do high, medium or low. Um, and, you know, you can actually preview, which is the cool thing. You can preview it and hear, um, you know, compare it with your original mix to the mastered version and see which one you like best. You know, so um, check it out, man. All you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Go there. Check it out. Um very simple process guaranteed that uh, you'll be able to do it on the first try and you don't need a whole lot of um, extra instructions to get things done so go and check it out once again it's lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d if you go there um and also, if you guys missed that, it, it will be in the show notes. So all you got to do is click the link. Um, I do like to give it out just in case, um, you know, you guys are listening to these podcasts. So, yeah, click the show. Um, look in the show notes and click the link. Go there and try out the, um, the free trial and, and let me know what you think. You can always tweet me. But, uh, yeah, without further ado, man, um, here's our interview with uh, Gospel Lee. And um, hopefully you guys can, can grasp on some of the stuff that he's talking about. Very uh, deep and detailed um, discussion here about uh, you know, self-management. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. Um, on today, on on the line, man, a very special uh, guest. Um, now, you guys heard me on this podcast uh, for quite some time now, and uh, we do have several people that listen on a continuing um, basis, and and you know, they're always giving us feedback. And, and one of those people that continue to give us feedback. Um, on the podcast is, is our guest today. Uh, so help me welcome um, the homie Gospel Lee to the podcast. How you doing, bro? You're wonderful, man. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, blessed, to say the least. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, so first off, I want to just thank you. Um, I know I've, I've thanked you, um, you know, previously, but, you know, I just want to take the time now that I have you on the podcast to just personally thank you. Uh, you, you are one of the biggest supporters of the podcast at least vocally um and, you know there, there hasn't been a time when you know we have we say something um on this podcast that you you know you're reciprocating it and, and you're expressing to us that you know some helpful information so i uh, just wanted to thank you you know before I, I even went any further man um so yeah man yo welcome officially to the straight out the 10 podcast oh my gosh thank you so much i am super super like just geeked out and honored to be on this podcast um just a few blogs, um, you know, starting out. I still feel like I'm starting out, but there are a few blogs that covered me, and uh, straight out the den was one. So I've been rocking with you guys ever since you guys, you know, took the time to cover me because as a blog, you know, you guys look through all kinds of submissions and things like that. So taking time to post my stuff was super encouraging. And I'm just I'm just honored to be on the podcast. I'm just such a huge fan. I absolutely love it. I try to do whatever I can to support it. If news breaks, 
I go there, I go to straight out to den.com first to see if it's on there and wait till it's on there and then tweet from there and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's an equal honor. And I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, the service that you do and the blog you provide because you're really helping out a lot of people. Cool, man. I, I appreciate the kind words, man. You know, I, I try to make sure, um, that, that I take those, um, those compliments and, and take those suggestions, um, you know, to heart and, and make sure that we're, we're doing the best we can to uh, provide content um, to everybody. So, you know, today I, I know that um, you call for a couple of reasons. Number one, you do have a project um, that's coming out. That's the brilliant. Um, and, and it's an EP um, or an album. I, I don't know which one you want to go go with. I mean, it, it has about... Well- you know how many i think what you sent me wasn't that how many tracks was that like five or six tracks it's got, yeah it's got five tracks on it mm-hmm. um i call it in yeah i call it an ep um and that's just because i try to you know i think the technical term is like anything that's 25 minutes and below is an extended play album so i call it an ep anything above that is an lp so they're both albums but i just call it ep for sure because that's what people kind of readily identify with yeah, and, and you know, I appreciate you for following those rules, man. We've seen, um, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier about going through uh, submissions, man, and I see so many things, which, you know, it's okay to break rules sometimes, man, but I guess when it comes to just um, music itself, I'm, I'm kind of traditional um, and, and just like to, you know, if it's a mixtape, then give me give me records that, you know, you're jacking beats and, you know, you got freestyles on it and, and all of that. Don't give me a, a project full of original production and call it a mixtape and you know what i mean right. I, to me that's an album right. there's no way around that you know don't sell yourself yeah. short you know um so yeah. so we have this this um this project before we get into brilliant man i, I just think that you know at this time it's a great opportunity for you to really you know um show the people and tell the people who you are you know use this platform um to, to kind of express to the people you know what you have going on and all of those things man so you know um I want to say, I can't remember when did I first come across the music, man. It had to be, um, no, maybe over a year ago, I would think. Uh, we came like across, it. I think the first thing that you posted was my music video, Who I Am, and I shot that in 2012. So okay. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. See, there you go. That's when time. So you're like one of the, actually one of the first people to ever get something on the, on the blog. Um, we started no this worries. site in 2012, man, time is flying. November, 2012, <laughs> we're coming up on three years, man. And, um, yeah, you're one of the, one of those first artists. You're absolutely right. I, I'm looking through the archives now here as I uh, speak with you. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was the, this is who I am. Um, and that was, man, December 13th, 2012, man. That was like, we were a month in the game, man. Only a month (laughs) in the game at at that point. It's weird. You know, I almost want to just go back and read this post and see how the writing was, you know, just trying to evolve (laughs) and everything like that. Of course, for sure, for sure. You know, you know, from that point, so you're right now, you're based in, um, in Arizona, right? But you're originally from Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Originally from Oklahoma. Okay, so first off, kind of give us that transition. Like, how were you able to? Well, what was the transition for you? Like, how did you get from Oklahoma to um, Arizona? Like, what brought you there? You know, it's so funny. I've been living here for seven years, and I get that. I get asked that question every single, uh, you know, often. And what happened was, I was in Oklahoma, and um, you know, just kind of at a, at a period in my life where I knew I wanted to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. I knew that, you know, where I was at wasn't where I was wanting to be, and I wanted to go forward. 
And I knew that there were some things that I wanted to get right. You know, I wanted to kind of, you know, get my financial situation straight, you know, kind of work on this debt. And then there were just, um, you know, some issues that I wanted to get taken care of, you know, between me and the Lord, you know, I'm a believer. And so um, there were some issues where I had come into my relationship with him. I progressed to a point where he's like, okay, now we can deal with this stuff. So mm. I'm thinking these are the two big things I need to go, need to, need to do to go to the next level. And one of my friends was like, you could do all that out here in Arizona. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like Arizona <laughs> was not on my radar, not on my map, didn't know anybody from there, whatever. So, you know, I just, it was a big decision, you know, moving across the country, I asked the Lord about it. And uh, he's like, yeah, you should go. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go. So the next morning I woke up and I was like, all right, Lord, um, if you want me to go, you're going to have to confirm this in your word because I'm not just about to move halfway across the country because I think you told me to do this. So yeah. uh, the very first uh, scripture I looked up for guidance was Isaiah 58:11, And it said, the Lord will guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. So when I read sun-scorched land, I was like, okay, <laughs> sun-scorched land, Arizona. I packed up my stuff and I left. You know what I mean? Like, just the next day I left. And it's so funny because, um, you know, now seven years ago I can look back and I can see that, you know, what I've been able to do with my music and everything like that, like my life completely blossomed when I took that step of faith and just traveled out halfway across the country, Mm -hmm. you know, a thousand miles, 12 hours away. And so that's basically how the transition uh, happened. And it's really cool to tell people that story because I just tell them the short answer, like, I just say, you know, the Lord told me to move. They're like, oh, okay, word. And then when I break it down, they're like, oh, that's really, that's a really cool story. So I love to get to share that story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And, and this is the first time I actually heard that, you know, um, from from you. And, and it really brings everything kind of full circle, man, just to being, being in the point where, you know, this podcast, and, and if you've been listening for a while, it's kind of changed, you know, forms uh, several times, yeah. actually. And, and, you know, right now I think we're really at a point where um, – we're really reaching the people the right way. So, you know, it's, it's really right. breaking down things and, and um, really pr- providing some type of guidance for, you know, the indie artists, um, you know, yeah, in those yeah. early stages in their career. And one of the things that you just spoke on was like, you know, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone and go somewhere yeah. else. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, it's one of those things where as an artist, it's kind of hard to, to do that. It's hard to do that as just as a person in general, but as an right. artist, you know, you're talking about literally moving from everything that you know to almost a forbidden land in a sense, you know, just uh, yeah. for the sake of talking. And it's like, you know, how do I make things happen here? You know what I mean? And, and just yeah. to hear your story, that's that's great, you know, um, to get the confirmation that, to just go, you know what I mean? And yeah. figure it out later. You know, what I, I think a lot of times yeah. we, we forget that you can always come back. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you can always exactly. get back. So yeah I, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Two things I wanted to say right quick. If I yeah. can jump in. Uh, number one, I just, I decided a long time ago, I would live my life, you know, in a way that, you know, when I look back at it, I'm glad that I took the chances that I did rather than like regretting and wishing that I would have had the courage to mm-hmm. step out. So if there are any indie artists out here and they're like trying to, you know, you know, if they're in between that decision of, should I, you know, be in my original surroundings, and move out, um, you know, I would just really say to just kind of just weigh it out and, and really try it, you know, just try it and see what happens. Because the worst thing that happens is it doesn't work out. You have a place to come back to. It's not like you're burning the ship, you know, when you get to a deserted island. You know what I mean? Like, so there's that. And then number two, I would say, you know, how, you know, because it's been seven years. So let's, let's not kid ourselves. Like, it's been seven years since, you know, I moved out here. So it took some time to develop. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the shows and the, the opportunities that we're a part of now – 
I'm just now coming into things where this is what I would have wanted seven years ago, but I'm the person, I'm the, you know, the maturity there and, you know, um, I've grown and developed into that, but nothing really happens without relationship. Mm. So it's going to take time for those relationships to foster, but you should walk into those relationships not with no agenda, just wanting pure relationship, because that's when the opportunities come when you're not seeking them out behind an agenda. And in our, in our industry, a lot of artists want to link up with other people so they can get on a track or get on a song or this or that, this or that, this or that. And, you know, that's all well and good, but the relationship over the long period of time you know, the opportunities that can come out of that, if any opportunities come at all, the relationship itself is so much, it's worth so much more than just the one agenda item. Oh, I want him on my track. I want him to promote this with a tweet or whatever, whatever, whatever. So that's what I would say is just step out because, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. And then number two, don't force it. Let it come organically through relationship. And if it doesn't come through relationship or if it doesn't come in that specific relationship, like that's okay. Just be there to serve that other person. Um, and you're 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 better at just for the relationship. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I, I'm listening to the things you say, and you know, we're we're currently right now in a series about um, you know choosing the right manager and just management in general. You know, the first uh, part one was you know choosing the right manager, and, and I really went through um, just you know. First off, identifying what is a manager and, and kind of giving, you know, right. artists that information on, you know, how to choose, you know, um, that manager. When do you need that manager? You know, why you need that manager? Those, you know, those basic questions. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, listening to the stuff that you're talking about right now is uh, I think it's perfect to kind of go into that, you know, that conversation of management, like um, getting that perspective firsthand from an artist. Um, art, so to ask you that question, do you have a manager right now? I do not. Um, I'm self-managed, and let me tell you why. I think that you don't you don't look for a manager. Mm. I believe that a manager should find you. Like you should be executing your stuff and and lining everything up and handling your business so well, and there should be so much of an uh, uh, a demand for it that somebody comes out to you and says, "Hey, let me help you manage this load. Let me help you out." Until somebody, until you're doing that, you don't need a manager because the thing is, they're going to want 10, 15, even sometimes 20, 25%. And if you're not even doing like two, three, four shows a week, you know what I mean? You're not bringing in, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. How are you going to give that, you know, piece of the pie away to somebody, you know, who may deserve it, but you're not at that level yet. You know what I mean? And so I think for me, you know, I work a nine to five, you know, I'm active in my church, you know, I have a relationship with my, you know, girlfriend, I'm pursuing, you know, we're pursuing marriage, we're, we're in, we're intentional about that. So I've got a lot of different plates spinning around, but I'm still able to book my own shows, design my own merch, do the taxes, you know, you know all these things that have to do with an album, putting out videos, I'm still able to do all that. So for me to like get a manager, it, it just doesn't necessarily make sense. And so every artist is different. But I would say, by and large, a manager, you, sh you shouldn't, if you're looking for a manager, I think you're in the wrong spot. I think a manager um, finds you. So for me, like everything I'm doing, um, I, I, I'm self-managed. I don't, I don't need a manager. I think that, um, you know, if I was getting like shows every weekend or, you know, if I'm touring every week or, you know, just that kind of thing, like there's a demand there. There's money flowing in so I can, you know, afford a manager. You know, but for right now, and my, my, my pie is very small, so I'm not trying to give that give pieces away to people that, you know, not necessarily don't deserve it, but I'm not trying to give pieces away because it's not a big pie to begin with. Absolutely, man. Um, that, that's the, that's the conversation that, that, you know, is, is great coming from someone that's already in it. 
you know, um, and and that's what I wanted to do um, with these next couple of series on management, because, you know, I can talk all day long, but if, you know, I'm not an artist, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm a producer first, but I'm not an artist. So um, sometimes artists need to hear from other artists that's dealing with the same thing. And, and, you know, I agree with you 100 percent early on in your career. um, You should be focusing on doing as much as you possibly can. Now, once it becomes a headache, and you can't do everything, you know, and well, before when it does become a headache, you might want to step back and look at time management because you're probably, right, right. you know, wasting two hours somewhere doing something that you could, yes, you know, be yes. using, you know, to your career. Well, but yeah, let's go ahead. Let's talk about that right quick. Let's, yeah. let's, let's jump into that right quick. Like a lot of artists, I don't even, I mean, let me just kind of, you know, filter this. This is kind of my opinion. This is from the Bible. This isn't this is just me saying, I feel like a lot of artists are lazy. I feel like a lot of artists, if they if they would segment their time, um, they'd be a lot more effective so mm-hmm. that they wouldn't feel burnt out, so that they wouldn't, you know, be in this position where like, oh, I need a manager to handle all this stuff. Well, if you would only spend like 30 minutes on social media or an hour on social media, if you would wake up an hour before your day job, you know, like uh, we're, we're serious about being artists and stuff, but we have to work a nine to five. So why are you not working? You know, why are you not getting up an hour before? Like if you If you just set your alarm and wake up an hour before every single day or even weekdays and work on, you know, sending out emails or work on, you know, whatever the case might be, work on writing. You just even wrote raps for an hour, whatever the case might be. I just think that in our generation, because of the Internet, um, what we've seen now is the the, um, the gate to you know becoming an artist has been blown wide open because everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, you know, because everybody can do it, everybody is doing it. And so it's just like the gate has been open and there's the, the hard work and the work ethic and all that kind of stuff has really kind of just gone out the window because it's like, well, everybody can do it. All I need to do is get on Facebook or get on YouTube and get a couple of views. I just think that, you know, a lot of this, you know, can be, you can be a lot more successful if you're willing to work hard. And, and, you know, there was a season in my life that I just came out of where I was waking up at, you know, 3.15 so I could get to work by 4.30, work from 4.30 to 6 o'clock and do rap stuff and then go to work, get off work, go to the gym, go home, eat, and then maybe spend an hour, 30 minutes writing raps and then go to bed so that I could look and do it all over again. That was my life. And I didn't have a, you know, I didn't get out and do a lot of things, but that was what I wanted. You know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, um, to make a long dissertation very short, um, <laughs> the way you spend your time is equally important. If you spend your time well, you might not need a manager. Maybe what you really need is time management. Yeah. I think that's what you were saying. But I just wanted to jump into that and really speak to the artists and say, artists, you're not working hard enough. Like, you, you need to, you know, I, I guess, I can't say everybody needs to get up at 6.30 in the morning and work on the rest stuff, but you need to, like, carve out time. You know, limit your time on social media. Because for me, that's the big thing is, like, I'm spending all this time on social media, but yet I haven't sent out these emails. I need to do this. I, need to, I had to learn how to, like, segment my time. You know, spend maybe 45 minutes on social media total all day. And then spend it, you know, you know, just really spend your time on doing other things. But I think time management is a big thing. Yeah. I mean, when you're learning them, and, and that's the thing, we want we want to be managed, but we, we're not managing ourselves. Yep, well. there you go. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. We need to start with self-management before you go to, like, actual artist management. And when you manage yourself, an artist manager won't be far far behind. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's perfect. And I just want you to know, currently, while you're talking, I'm taking notes because um, the name of this podcast will be self-management. That's the the title for this, because it it is serious, man. Um, And, you know, a lot of people are going to see that title and they're going to think, oh, I'm just managing myself. But no, there's a lot of different parts of of managing yourself. Number one, like we said, is that time management. There are so many things that you can get done if you just simply wake up earlier 
even if you got to yep. go to sleep later. Like my wife gets on me all the time about staying up late. Um, she she constantly lets me know that like, hey, babe, if you're gone, who's gonna do straight out the den? And so, right, exactly. You know, exactly. I, I have to. That that's that's one of those things that that's a, a, a internal battle for me because my life, all I've known is just go go go, and you know, I have to learn to take those breaks. So what I do now is I might go to sleep early, but I'm waking up earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to balance yeah. that time and figure it out. But at the end of the day, you know, it's something. And I forgot who it was, man. It, it may have been like um, P. Diddy or um, I said P. Diddy, Puffy. Uh, somebody said that I have the same 24 hours as you do. Yep, and yep. when I heard that, it's just like it's mind blowing, you know, and, and sometimes it's hard to visualize that and it's hard to think about that because you're looking at where they're at now but you don't right. know their story of them being in the trenches and basically being in the yes. same positions that you were in you know but they have yes. it's that's a true statement they have the same oprah you know she has the same 24 yeah. hours what she chose to do yeah. with her 24 hours is what set her apart to be in the position that she's in right now you know yeah. so I, yeah. I i definitely think everything you just said was so important um you know being a self you know managed artist um I'm looking at your website right now for the project that you have going on, the Brilliant CD. Um, yeah. BrilliantCD.com, actually. You guys should check it out. And I'm looking at the different things that you have going here where you have your store and you have the different updates and you have uh, basically like a pledging system um, where people can come yeah. in and, and, you know, uh, you know, make pledges to different, you know, different things that you have here. Uh, kind of give us some insight on that and, and that being a part of your, your um, you know, management strategy. Okay. Well, um, with uh, the site you're referring to, BrilliantCD.com, is actually a. Um, <clears throat> what I did was I um, I set up. I decided I was going to set up a pre-order for my uh, for this album because it's been a while since I come up with an album. And I was like, let me do a pre-order just to see kind of what happens. You know, see, I've never done one before. It'll be cool. Let me see what I can do. And uh, Pledge Music uh, is a platform. It's a crowd, uh, kind of a crowdfunding type of platform. Um, and I decided to go with them, use their platform for my pre-order. A lot of different artists or a lot of different artists in the industry um, and multiple, you know, music genres use Pledge Music because um, they use it to, you know, fund their pre-orders or, you know, use it to host their pre-orders. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I found out about it because a lot of artists I knew big and small were using it. So I was like, let me just use this uh, site for the pre-orders. So that's what I did as I set it up. A lot of artists, uh, industry artists use it because it does also report to SoundScan. So what I liked about it was I can report all these sales to SoundScan but unlike iTunes, I can offer package bundles. So if you want to get like a T-shirt, you want to get like a CD or a poster, you can do all of these things at different levels, and it all reports to SoundScan. So um, that's what I did. So for me, um, managing the pre-order, you have to post every day, you have to talk about it every day, you have to kind of you know you know rigorously campaign. That's why they call it a campaign. Um, you have to campaign about it. So for me, what I had to do was I had to schedule out time. Okay, this is when I'm going to do the update. When I get home from work. Before I go into the house, I'm going to take a quick video update and put it on the site through the mm -hmm. mobile app or whatever. So for me, it really forced me to be intentional with how I spent my time because I had to update continuously. Because once people pledge, they can see the updates. And that's kind of the big thing is when you pledge, you get these exclusive updates and things like that. So there are a bunch of different, you know, uh, pre-order packages on there. And um, for me, I just kind of tried to really just highlight what I was doing. And a big part of that was you know, talking to my friends on Facebook, really that was where a lot of the traffic came from was a lot of my friends support me. They know what I do because they post all the time about, 
the opportunities that are happening and mm-hmm. artists hit people up because this is my thing. Like in our artists, I really want to speak to you if I can for a second. Like we live in a world of causes. So like there's always something on Facebook, Hey, support this, support that, support this, support that. And they're all great causes, but because we're barraged with so many causes, we're kind of numb. So when you as an artist put up something and you send it to your friends or, you know, you announce it or whatever, people notice it, but they don't really take notice because we're kind of numb to the whole like cause thing. So for me, a big part of the pledging was not only updates, but reaching out to people personally and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'd like you to be a part. So all of that I had to be intentional and schedule because I'm running this pre-order, but I still have to plan details for the tour, still have to plan, you know, merch stuff, this, that, this, that. And so I had to really be intentional about when I was going to um, reach out to people when I was going to post updates. So in the morning before I you know, went to work, I'd wake up maybe 15, 20 minutes early, update my cover photo on Facebook, reach out to a couple people, and just do that every single day. So I think that for me, the Pledge Music site, number one, is a great site for pre-ordering. Anybody that's doing a pre-order project or even just kind of a Kickstarter kind of or crowdfunding project, I really suggest Pledge Music because unlike any of the other sites that give you an actual campaign manager, who will look over your whole campaign before it launches and kind of be with you, you know, every step of the way. And then also it reports to SoundScan. And for me, that was kind of a big deal because I was talking with my mentor and he's like, Hey, this project could do really well. You could potentially, you know, chart on billboard, whatever, whatever. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I need to start here as far as um, making sure that these pre-orders count. So that's kind of the long and the short end of it. You know, basically bottom line, I had to uh, be very, very intentional about the way I was spending my time because this pre-order, you know, takes up a lot of time. But it's not overwhelming if you plan your time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing wisely. Absolutely. Um, I, I I love the idea. Just just listening to the um, just the plan. I mean, you, you're you're talking about things that you have put in motion, but all of those things that you have put in motion were something that it, it may have not have been a written plan, but there was you know it was something that was thought out, um, and that yeah. you wanted to really get an understanding of what you were doing first before you actually did it. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I think that that's helpful. I also heard you say something about getting a mentor. And um, yeah, I do want to ask you a little bit more about that. Um, I, I think especially right now, if we're talking about a self-management, um, you know, topic, um, you know, having a mentor, you know, somebody that can really guide you and, and also just kind of give you, um, you know, tell you if you're doing something right and also let you know that, hey, you could be doing this a different way. I think that's very important, yeah. um, you know, in this stage of your career. Um, with you getting a mentor, what was that process for you like? How did you seek out a mentor and what were you looking for in a mentor? Um, well, first of all, what I was looking for in a mentor was finding somebody that is where, like right now, they're where I'm where I want to be. So there, um, and that, that really makes it easy. So once, um, for me, I had to, that was my criteria. I want somebody who is touring full time, who is financially independent and they're doing all of this based off of music they create, you know, preferably rap, but not limited to that. So that was my criterion. Um, I looked at my community, um, started going to local shows and I met this guy and really at first he had a really cool set uh, so we, I started, you know, I friend him on Facebook, and I thought he was always gone. Matter of fact, his uh, Twitter bio uh, used to say on the location part, on tour, usually. And <laughs> that's when I came to find out he was always gone. And I was like, well, goodness gracious, this guy is doing exactly what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. So um, how I approached him was, I was like, hey, man, you know, um, I'd like to, you know, take you to coffee. Because I, I, I had met him at a show, about we were friends on Facebook, that kind of thing. So I was like, hey, is there any way you have some time to meet up with me for coffee? He happened to be in town. He said yes. So when he got to coffee, I bought him coffee. But, and all I did was just ask him questions. Like, hey, 
how do you do this? Or, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, you know, after I, you know, got to know him, I just asked him a bunch of questions that I had about, you know, my, my music stuff, you know, what I'm doing on my level. And he answered all those questions. You know, we just kind of went back and forth. And so whenever he would be in town, I would rush to, you know, meet him. And you know, I didn't mind paying the money to take him out to dinner. I didn't mind paying the money to take him out to coffee because the wisdom that I was getting from him was worth more than I could ever spend on any dinner. You know, and and that's kind of the thing. A lot of people say the reason why, you know, people are where they are, and the reason why you're at where you're at where, you, where you're at is because there's something you don't know. And so for me, that's just kind of what I thought was the only difference between me and him is there's something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so let me figure out what it is. So um, what happened is I just continually began to just take him out to, you know, dinner and this and that and this and that, ask him questions. And, you know, a friendship and a mentorship began to happen. And so now... Um, that's just kind of where it is. And he's the one that got this whole billboard thing in my mind. Before that, I never would have thought about charting on billboard. And I didn't know it was, you know, as um, simple as what he had made it, you know, as how he described it, because he charted on billboard. So I asked him, like, hey, how did that go? Like, you know, whatever, whatever. He's like, oh, well, this is what I did. This is what I did. This is what I did that, you know, kind of, you know, push in that direction. And so um, how I sought him out was I just kind of had my own criteria. I wanted somebody who was doing what I'm doing full time. And then, I relentlessly made myself available around his schedule to meet up with him and just ask him questions, be humble enough to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me out? And I think that that's the biggest thing is, you know, get your criterion, find out somebody that matches it, and then be humble enough to seek them out, you know, and admit that you don't know what you're doing. And I think that um, that's the biggest problem, I think, in in hip-hop, I guess. One of the biggest problems as far as independent artists is they're too prideful. A lot of people aren't just going to sit down and say, I don't really know what I'm doing. Can you look at my situation to help me out or whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? But I had to humble myself, and I don't mind doing that because I want to be where this guy is. So admitting that I don't know what I'm doing is a pretty small price to pay for, you know, being able to, you know, learn, you know. And so that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of independent artists, they want to figure it out. They want to do it all on their own. They don't need anybody, this, that, this, that. And that's all well and good. But at the same time, it's not well and good if you want to get to where, you want to be. And for me, that was an easy thing. So that's kind of how I sought him out. And I'm super glad that I did because um, I'm getting to learn from all of his mistakes. Mm -hmm. I get to learn from all the mistakes that he did make and, you know, all all the things on the tour, you know, when he's touring, you know, how he, you know, goes through all that. Like I'm learning from all this for free. Like it literally cost me nothing. And what I'm, what I'm, the experience that I'm gaining from and like applying all the wisdom and knowledge is priceless. So that's, that's kind of, I'm a big advocate for mentorship, and that's just one of my mentors. That's just a mentor in, in, in I have a mentor in life that I follow, and I ask him about different questions on how to be a better, you know, uh, boyfriend or how to be a better person in the workplace. Like, how do I, you know, really be the person that I want to be? I have several different mentors, almost like a, a board of advisors, and they all kind of, you know, speak into my life. So my life is a collection of, of their advice and their wisdom. You know what I mean? So I'm able to kind of really go further than I ever did and avoid a lot of mistakes because of this board of mentors. That's that's what you just said there sums up everything, avoiding those mistakes. And, and, you know, truth be told, when it comes to a mentor, you'll be surprised how many people are willing to answer your question. Yes. Most yes. people, if they're... You know, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, most people that are passionate about what they do are just waiting for you to ask them a question. They want to, yeah. you know, if, if you love what you do, you don't mind talking about it and you can talk about yeah. it for hours. So all you're doing is really yeah. waiting for somebody to ask a question. And, you know, it's, it's just like you said, it goes back to that pride. A lot of people are holding themselves back from years and years, years of potential just because they're too prideful to ask a question. 
All you have yeah. to do is yeah. ask somebody and, and you'll be amazed yeah. at the answers that you'll get if you just ask. That's all you got to do. And, exactly. and you, you would think it, it sounds so simple, but it's one of the hardest things to do. You know, we've all, you know, and myself included, I've, I've had issues with that in the past where I was just like, oh, I just want to watch and observe. And watching and observing right. is great. You can do that. You can right. you can feel like you're in the room and you're not disturbing anybody. But you know what? Sometimes you got to ask questions. I, I spent two years um, being in the studio with, with some friends of mine. Um, just soaking in game and just trying to figure out, you know, man, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, for about a year and a half of that, I didn't ask any questions because I didn't want to interrupt their sessions. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and yeah. that last, you know, six months, I asked a question and all of a sudden the door started open because I asked somebody a question. I was like, hey, man. And, you know, people were like, man, you've been coming around here for like a year and a half. I don't even know your name. And it was because I was quiet. And it's like, right. why? Right. Yeah. If I have this access, yeah. why am I quiet? I can have right. a casual conversation and not interrupt a session. But if I'm here, right. I'm obviously invited in. So use right. this opportunity to get to know these people while they're here. You know what I mean? So oh, I understand I exactly even, what you're saying. My, you know, we were talking, uh, me and my mentor, and he's like, you know what? I, Because um, he was telling me how nobody asked him for help. And he's like, you know, I, because um, he like. He's, he's legit. Like, he won, like, you know, best uh, independent artist in Phoenix. And, you know, he um, he does video game rap. And so for him, it was really huge that he got invited to the Halo World Championships, that video game to rap on, you know, mm-hmm. stage. And it was broadcast on, you know, Xbox Live. So he's, like, you know, legit. Like, he pays his bills by doing this stuff. So he knows what he's doing. You can assume that, right? So he's saying, you know, I reach out to people and say, hey, if you need help, I, I, I want to help you out. Let me know if there's anything I can help with. And nobody hits him up. That's what he kept saying is like, nobody hits him up. And it's just, it's so insane, you know, because we're just too prideful. I think that we're afraid that we're going to look, we're insecure, you know, so we're afraid that we're going to look dumb or, you know, look whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, for me, I'm the same way. Like, I don't know a whole lot, but, you know, I read a lot of books when it comes to this independent artist thing. And I'm always trying, I'm excited to help people with their projects. I'm excited to help people with their social media, branding, that kind of stuff. Anything I can help with, you know, whatever the case might be, I'm excited to help them. But nobody ever asks. And I'm not going to push myself on somebody saying, hey, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just keep it to myself. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think so. you just have to ask. And there's something about asking that I've learned, especially with this pre-order project, is that it's it's really tough to ask people. Like, it was really even tough for me to ask my mentor, hey, will you pre-order my album? Because I didn't want him to think that I was, you know, had this secret agenda this whole time to, like, get him to do something for me. You know what I'm saying? But I think that he, and he, when I asked him, he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm surprised it took you so long to ask, you know? And so that's kind of the thing. Like, I think for some reason, it's really hard for us to ask. And for me, I, I feel like it's hard for me to ask people for things because I don't want them to feel like I'm just using them or I just want their attention for this thing that I'm asking them for. But I think that what I'm trying to, you know, look at how I'm trying to look at asking now is, Asking in the context of relationship and offering because people want to help you. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people really that you're in relationship with, they want you to succeed. They want you to reach your dreams, and they're going to do whatever they can to help you. So when you understand that, then you have no problem asking, and you yeah. have you have no problem with them saying no. And that's another thing. I feel like artists are afraid of the word no. Like what if they say no? If they say no, then they say no. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and, and you just move on to the next person who says you know whatever. So for me, you know, I think. You know, it would be good for us to, as artists to get over um, the fear of no and then also trust our community. 
You know, because whenever you're releasing an album, whenever you're, you know, doing a concert, whenever you're doing anything like that, taking one of these creative ventures, you're essentially trusting your community. You're leaning back and you're falling onto your community saying, hey, will you support me? Yeah, absolutely, man. I understand exactly what you're saying. And, um, you know, there's two things that I want to pull out um, of that. And, and one, um, I, I've noticed that you've been on Periscope quite often um, lately, and I've been really, you know, trying to get adjusted to it and try to, you know, be creative with it. I, I give people a live look at some of the stuff that we're doing, but I, I do want to get a little more creative and a little more intentional in some of the things that I post on there. But um, I was looking on, on Periscope, um, I think it was earlier today, and there's a guy by the name of Will, and I forgot his last name, so I do apologize to him. But um, he said something about um, kind of catering to, to sales and the reason, um, just a tip for sales. And he was saying that it was... Um, the, the one reason why people are afraid, um, I mean, the reason why people don't buy anything from you is, is the fear of abandonment. And, and he was saying that, like, how the issue is a lot of times what happened is, is people will, will buy something or put something up for sale. And it's just like that. Hey, buy my album. Hey, buy my T-shirt. And, and from that point, they never, you know, go any further. There's no follow up. So it's kind of like people get in that in that mode of like, oh man, if I buy it, are they just going to take my money and leave? You know what I mean? And and so yeah. that's, that's one of the things that we kind of get caught up in. And, and it's like, it's doing what you're saying. It's like, you, you got to ask, but also with, with asking, you got to be genuine with your asking and you have to, you know, follow up. You have to go back and tell mm -hmm. people like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. And, and you know, this is what's, what's going to happen with this. You know, people want to see it and they want to believe you. They don't want to feel like, um, you know, their purchase was taken for granted. And, um, yeah. you know, the other thing was I, I have a selling background, man. I, you know, I graduated from from um, Georgia State University and I had a, a degree or have a degree um, in marketing. And, and I never forget um, I took a, a personal selling class. Uh, this guy named Bob Ficazio, one of the best professors I ever had, uh, one of the coolest professors I ever had, too. He was an older, older guy. And, um, you know, he just he was one of those people that really just kept things real about, you know, what he was doing. And he had a theory of, um, you know, basically you, you think of sales as you put a bunch of stuff in a funnel, right? You think of all those no's that you get, you put those no's in a funnel. And, and eventually what happens is you go through all of these no's and you get a yes. So you have to remember like your, um, your, your, and I'm forgetting the term, but it's a ratio. Basically like you got to know how many no's it's going to take for you to get your yes. So if you're going through, yeah. a, through a situation where, man, I got told no 20 times. Well, if you know your ratio that on 25, I get a yes, then, hey, it, it changes the thought process. Now you're kind of running to try to get those no's out the way so you can get to your yes. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to 50 people because I know that my conversion rate is that um, out of those 25 out of those, you know, 50 people, I'm going to get a yes eventually. So yeah. it's like, well, then I need to talk. If I need to get 10 cells, then I need to talk to, you know, 250 people. So it, it just kind of changes right. the perspective a little bit and it kind of helps you focus more on, you know, your end goal as opposed to what you're going through at the time. Um, you know, bro, I, I definitely know we, we got to kind of, you know, um, tighten this call up a little bit because um, scheduling wise, but I, I do want to make sure that we get to this project that you're dropping a brilliant okay. album. Um, it is due out on the 14th, if, if I'm not um, mistaken, um, yes, that is of, of this month. And, you know, 
I'm listening to it, the five tracks. I, I will tell you, hands down, my favorite track is the the, the record Brilliant. Um, I think the hook on that is, is <laughs> brilliant, no pun intended. But um, I, I really love that record the most. That's the one that really um, touches me the most uh, from the music. Um, but overall, what's the message that you're trying to give to the people with this project? You know, what it, what's that like one thing that somebody can hear it and walk away from that they should get from this project? Uh, the one thing that I want the listener to take home with them, so to speak, the one thing that I want them to walk away with is the understanding, like the full understanding that they are brilliant. Mm. And I believe that because I believe that everybody's made in the image of God. So just like, you know, you're made in your parents' image, you kind of look like them, you resemble them, you have some of their traits. Um, you know, God is also, you know, called, called the father of lights, I believe, in James. And so if that's the case, then us being made in his image we have some of that light. We have a brilliance. And so, number one, I want people to realize that they are brilliant by default. No matter what people have said about them, no matter where they come from, no matter what, what the circumstance might be, they are brilliant. Number two, the brilliance that they have is something that the world needs to see. So realize that you're brilliant and then, you know, basically shine that light to the world because they need it. Yeah, man, that's that's deep and profound, man. And that's that's really a message that I, I really don't even want to go anywhere past that point. I think like <laughs> like what you just said really sums up our conversation, man. Um, it, it's it's really great to, you know, hear an artist that number one has purpose and, and know what their purpose is and to be able to, to let that that purpose shine through the music um, without any, you know, any doubt or any any thoughts of trying to sway their opinion. You know what I mean? I, I think right. that that's, you know, something that you have. That's a gift that you have that you should always keep with you um, no matter where right. you go. Um, you. And also this project on the 14th. So how can they get the project right now if they um, or pre-order? What's the steps to pre-order the, the, um, the EP? The steps to pre-order the EP are you go to brilliantcd.com. Um, a lot of people, it's, it's been it's been kind of a weird thing because I wanted to have a custom URL so I wouldn't have to say the whole Pledge Music URL. But what's happened is a lot of people are like, hey, it's not working on my phone. So um, if it's not working, you just Google Gospel Lee Brilliant, you know, Pledge Music. Um, just Google those words or Gospel Lee Pledge Music. Basically, that would probably be the best thing. It'll take you right to the site. So either of those two ways will work. Um, if you want to get it now, you can totally get it now. The pre-orders would help out a lot. Um, you can get the Brilliant Digital, which is the first level. It's like $5 for a digital version of the EP. Signed, sealed, and delivered is the actual uh, physical copy. Really, really proud of um, the artistic work that went into that. So you get to have a physical 3D artistic representation of that in your house that plays music for $15 shipping included, and that comes with the digital version as well. On the 14th, when it actually drops, um, you can get it in any digital retailer, and then BrilliantCD.com will be the source for physical copies. Because I'm going to link that to my Dan Camp. So uh, those will be the ways to get it. And the last thing that I kind of wanted to say in um, response to you know the, the overall album is we see people that we think are great, like you know maybe Kevin Durant or you know Eminem or whoever the case might be. We see all these people that are great, and we just kind of like distance ourselves from them. But the only re the only thing between us and them is that they know that they're brilliant and they're giving their brilliance out to the world. So if we discover and realize and just really park on the concept and have it settled in our hearts that we're brilliant, we can focus on a way to show that brilliance to the world. And then all of a sudden we're in those same places, you know, maybe not necessarily at that level, like, you know, whatever, you know, as far as attention, but you're, you're shining that brilliance to somebody who needs it. And that's, 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 
all the, the people that we look up to, that's all they're doing is giving their brilliance away to the world because they realize that they're brilliant. So when we realize that and we give it away, we realize that there's no difference between them and us. Mm. That's dope, man. Well, look, man. Hey, it's Jay Good at Straight Out the Den Podcast, man. Um, on the line with Gospel Libro. Give us the social media, how people can contact you, um, all of that. Okay. Number one, I just want to say to everybody and anybody, if you're listening, I really do want to help. I, I don't know a whole lot, but I feel like we can learn things together. If I don't know, I want to you know figure it out. So if there's ever a question, um, first of all, ask uh, Jay Good at Straight Out the Den because he needs great topics for his podcast and wants <laughs> to help you out as well. But as an <laughs> As an independent artist, um, you know, please feel free to reach out because as much I believe that there's room enough for all of us to succeed. So please reach out, and I believe that you know we can all shine together because that's why we're all brilliant. But um, number one, I love email. I say all that to say I'm an email junkie. Read emails, send emails all the time. So please email me at any time. My uh, my email is gospel lee. That's G O S P E L L E E music gospel music all one word all lowercase at gmail.com once again that's gospel music at gmail.com um social media stuff just got into periscope so i periscope every day call it the gospel scope just maybe life advice or things that i'm learning um sometimes i do stuff from shows just really creative stuff so that's what i am on periscope also gospel on twitter uh gospel on instagram i do have a snapchat uh, all of my snaps um are snaps that would make your mom proud and not ashamed. <laughs> so I want to throw that out there because Snapchat sometimes has this weird stigma, but I would like to leverage technology to bring light to dark places. So that's all I'm doing on any of my social media. So my Snapchat is Gospel Snaps. That's G O S P E L S N A P S. That's Gospel Snaps. And then um, Facebook is just I am Gospel Lee, or you can just Google Gospel Lee. And can I just say something super, super quick? Yeah, go um, ahead. Facebook is super interesting because when you have a Facebook artist page, I'm talking to artists. Uh, just kind of a tip or an idea that you might think about. Facebook uh, limits your reach. So I'll, I'll post a picture of, you know, whatever, like a pair of sandals or something, and it will only go to 15% of my audience. So let's say I have 2,000 followers. So only 15% of my people are seeing that. However, if I have an artist or if I have a group, then anybody can join the group. And all my posts go to everybody in the group. So artists, think about having a Facebook group maybe even using some of your fans as administrators to run alongside your Facebook page. That way, if you have something you want everybody to hear, you can push it to the group, everybody hears it, and you're not having to pay for posts, pay to reach all your followers like you have to on your Facebook uh, uh, actual page. So that being said, I launched a brand new page called um, The Most Perfect Imperfectionists. Just like it sounds, The Most Perfect Imperfection, I-S-T-S. So feel free to join that. And then my um, artist page is just uh, Gospel Lee. You can search Facebook and find it. And then uh, I think that's uh, Gospel, uh, I am Gospel Lee on YouTube. You can Google it and you'll pull up my channel. I think that's, yeah, Facebook. And I'm on Tumblr, just Gospel Lee. So basically, if you Google Gospel Lee, um, it'll take you to where you need to go. Um, and then also, GospelLee.com is the central hub for everything. So anywhere you want to go, Gospel Lee is going to be at the center of it all. And I think that is uh, all of my social stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gotcha, man. Well, look, bro, I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. Uh, it's very, definitely been a dope episode, man. I think a lot of gems are here. And um, I think anybody listening to this should have um, a better understanding of, of not only um, self-management, but really just a, a better understanding of who you are, um, gospelly as an artist and as a person. So, you know, I definitely want to uh, thank you for, for calling in and taking the time out to speak with us. But, you know, um, you guys can follow me. 
um on everything social media at straight out the den that's str the number eight o-u-t-d-a-d-e-n um also if you guys are listening on soundcloud that's great i do appreciate it but i would love for you to subscribe on itunes it's a very simple process just hit the subscribe button go there rate review um comment uh tell a friend to tell a friend man we're really trying to do something here um specifically uh, for indie artists and, and i think that we're in the right direction and you guys are really um starting to get the, the content that we're giving to you and and you know the feedback has been great you guys are telling me that it's been helpful um i had uh actually two people um last week um hit me up about you know the uh you know forming an llc and um you know really getting their business together so that lets me know that you guys are listening and and that the work is not going in vain so i do appreciate that but uh like i always say man if you guys are listening to this podcast and you have a dream pray on that dream research that dream and work until that dream becomes reality i'm jay good he's gospel lee we out